you are in the perfect place at the divine time to be touched by a horse. Here's your hosts, Melissa Pierce and Dane Cheek. Hi, everybody. So glad to be back with you. This is Melissa, and Dane is not with me today. It's another one of the interviews with a dear friend and a graduate of my Equine Gestalt program, Kelly Kulba. Hi, Kelly. Thanks for joining me. Hi, thanks for having me. You bet. I love doing these interviews because I know each of my grads super personally, done a lot of personal work with them, plus training. They do a minimum of two years of training to become certified and involved in that or several times they come uh, to the ranch and meet with me in person. And then Kelly, you're also in our advanced program in our Gestalt Coaching Method master's program, right? Yes, I am. I'm about halfway through that program and I absolutely love it. Yeah, January 2023, you'll be a junior in that program and and that year goes super fast. So dual graduate mm-hmm. before we know it. Well, let me start this one off first by saying that part sponsor of these podcast is Hope Through Horses, a nonprofit that benefits our Touch by Horse environment. And I think you just got a grant from them for a client recently, right? I did. So this individual client didn't have the means or funds to to come and get the work done on any sort of regular basis. And I reached out to Hope Through Horses and was able to get her a grant to have some private sessions with me. So she can now come and her sessions are mostly paid for. That's great. And I I know before we went on air, we were just sharing, she had gone through five deaths in three years and boy, that is hard. And that's one of your niches or specialties, right? Is working with people with grief. Correct. During my own life experience, you know, I lost my mother who I was near and dear with. And that journey sort of led me through equine gestalt coaching. And um, I now have a passion to, to share that journey with others and help them along their journey as well. Exactly. I remember when I met you, it was not very long after your mom had passed. And as a young woman yourself, newly married, you weren't pregnant yet. It was like, you know, just journeying in, mm-hmm. what is my life going to be like without my mom? You were so blessed to have such a good and loving mom. And so I, I'm honored to have been in that journey to help you heal and means a great deal to me. It's like the stone in the pond when I have a graduate like yourself who dug in courageously, did her personal work, and now you're out doing that with other people. So yeah, thank you. Yes, thank you. For sure. Now, your website is Longview Equine Gestalt Coaching. And I looked this morning in preparation for this, and I loved um, several things on your website. I've looked at it before, of course, but I loved several things on here. And one was a quote by you, which I thought was great It's ever learning, ever healing, ever being. Kelly Colbaugh. And I love that quote. It's really, it's how I experience you. So do you want to say anything more about that? You know, as a human, I am still learning how to be human. You know, my experience throughout life, I'm experiencing different things on the daily between my growing daughter and my family life and then my work life and everything going on in society. And I too am still healing from things in my past that I continue to do my work on, but there's continual things that come up in life that I feel that always need to be addressed so I can live my best life. And in that essence of gestalt, I feel that just being 
is more present for me nowadays than it ever has been before. And that's where I find my peace. And I'm hoping that others too can find theirs and be able to move through their lives in a more present, authentic, lived in life. Right, right. Well said. And that is the essence of Gestalt is reminding ourselves on a regular, regular basis that we need to take personal responsibility in our life. And part of that is heightening our awareness of the present moment. And gosh, I have been a Gestaltist since I was in my 20s and took my Gestalt training and went through that. And I think it changed my life for sure that I'm able to stay more in the present moment, less concern about yesterday and certainly zero concern about tomorrow. So right here with you, girl, that's great. You know, one thing we want to make clear to the listeners, we have graduates in seven different countries, mostly in the United States. And you're one of our few up in the area where you are in Pennsylvania. So describe your farm and describe its location and a little bit about what you have there. Sure. So I own 50 acres in the endless mountains of um, Bradford County, PA, specifically Gillett, Pennsylvania. I'm about nine to 10 miles from the New York border. So if anyone's familiar with New York geography, I'm about 20 minutes from Elmira, New York, which is not far from the Finger Lakes region of New York. I'm about two, an hour from Binghamton and then two hours from Syracuse and Rochester. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And all beautiful areas and great drives to your farm. So you have 50 acres there and you have your barn and you do a lot of work. I'm going to say primarily your equine work probably is weather dependent. So you go with the equine part kind of end of April through what, October, November? Yeah, end of October, maybe November if the weather's good. If people like to bundle up, I'm more than willing to step outside and get into the round pen. Um, however, because the round pen's not covered, if it's raining, then we can do a couple things in the barn because I do have some stalls. Um, but yeah, it's mostly weather dependent at this point in my journey. Which is one reason you're doing my advanced program, because of course, Gestalt did not have anything to do with horses until I came along, until crazy me came along. Before that, it was always done in a an inside place or outside in a park, but definitely had nothing to do with our equine pals. And I'm the one that combined it with the horses. So in the advanced program, you're buffing up all your skills to take Gestalt deeper and to do non-equine or work that you can do through the winter. So did you find a place this year to do some group work and some client work that doors and warm? <laughs> I did. Yes. <laughs> nice bathroom facilities, nice heating inside. Um, it's about 10 minutes from my house in Wellsburg, New York. So just right over the border and it's quiet. It's in the afternoon when the business is shut down. So there's no one really to, to be around and people are more than welcome. I'm doing running a group in January and February coming up. So if you're interested, um, you can find that information on my Facebook or website. Is it a mixed group, both men and women invited to that group or primarily women? How, how are you doing this particular group? It's open to whoever would like to join. There's no specifics on that. I do have mostly women join my groups at this moment, but you know, men deserve as much healing as they're open to. So if they'd like to join, 
Absolutely. My first groups, as you know, after being a student of mine, my first groups in Arizona were mixed groups. They were men and women. And today we would say all pronouns welcome, right? We're definitely mixed. And what I learned from working with men is that they they don't have the social support of friendship that we as women do. You know, most women that I meet anyway, we couldn't have gotten through life without our best friends, our close female friends that we relied upon to share hurts and share feelings and go through all that. And men live in a little bit different world together and don't do that as much. So when they found a safe and sacred place where they could be heard and they could explore how they feel about things and they could explore who they really are and what had happened to them in the world, then it became really precious for them. And so I had more and more men, you know, join the groups because it's the one place they could go where what they said stayed there, where they could explore that side of themselves that they just don't tend to do over lunch or a glass of wine in a cafe as we women tend to do with our best friends. So I would hope you'd have some men that would say, hey, that's for me. So that would be great. Touched by a Horse offers three comprehensive programs giving you the ability to have the career you've always dreamed about, working in partnership with the magic of horses. Our equine facilitator program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business hosting group experiences with horses. Our equine gestaltist program prepares you to open your own private gestalt practice in partnership with horses. And our master equine gestaltist program builds your gestalt skills both in and outside the round pen. All of our programs include in-depth live classes, business growth training, and a supportive community of herd members to collaborate with and learn from. Visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. Part of your focus is working with people that have been through grief. That's where you and I are in a lot of alignment. My losing my daughter, you losing your mom. And what? how do you put words around the other part of your beautiful practice, of your niche? So I also like to dabble in vision work. Growing up, I was always taught to dream. And entering society, you know, going to college and entering society, I feel that some of that was dulled down with, you know, needing to find a job and paying for my bills and, you know, entering that world. And I felt like that dream world just sort of got compressed and pushed away a little bit. And I like showing people that every day you can live your vision of where you want to go and what do you want to do. And by writing those things down, they become more attainable through the work that we do in vision. And I never thought I would, but I have an equine business, which I, when I was younger, I always hoped that I would do something with equines. However, I also was taught a limiting belief that you have to have a good job to afford your passion of horses because horses are expensive. And I never saw the way that I could combine it easily where I could have time to have horses and my passion and, you know, all that other stuff. However, through the Gestalt method, I have been able to combine that seamlessly and have everything. Yeah. <laughs> One of the reasons you came to the program, right, was the dream of doing that. your professional career at a hospital as an occupational therapist. And my daughter, when she was an infant, 
had an occupational therapist. So I think people don't understand that doesn't mean somebody who helps you fix your job or fix your career right? <laughs> right. on the physical body. But as an OT at a hospital, you served right through, I remember sharing many conversations with you right through COVID, right through all of that. Even though your daughter was a, a little infant and baby during all that time that you were doing that such a scary time, took such courage on your part. And being an OT is is important to you and something that you do. And then, like you said, you've created this dream second job of being able to do this work with your equine partners, you know, for sure. Was there anything in our program at Touched by a Horse that you felt you needed to unlearn in order to learn the method? I definitely had limiting beliefs that I carried with me and I was so unaware so unaware of these things that were holding me back. And I'm still unearthing some of those limiting beliefs. However, through the awareness, I'm like, hmm, is that a limiting belief? Can I really do that? Am I really held back because of that? And I think some of the, just the societal mainstream ways of living too. I was like the all-American girl in school. Like I graduated high school really with high honors. Like I went to college, got my master's degree, you know, was building my family and doing it all. And I really had to step back and be like, does this fit? Does this fit for me? Am I, I was really stressed out by trying to juggle everything, especially when I had my daughter, like home and family life and, you know, still working full time, especially with my husband's job. He's, he's away from home two weeks out of the month. So, and then also having my farm, you know, I'm, I was a one, one person rodeo being able to, you know, look at, you know, this doesn't have to be stressful. I don't need to have, you know, A, B, or C to do, to make this successful. And I don't care that the Jones family has A, B, and C. So I think just those limiting beliefs on learning some of those and being stepping back and being like, oh my goodness, like I'm really in my own way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unlearning the, the social expectations that didn't fit you and then relearning a new way of going about your life. I do remember, especially again, when your daughter was born and you were dealing with COVID and your husband's traveling and, you know, doing all that stuff, having a very touching tear felt sharing call with you. You were actually sitting in your car and it was too much. It was just balancing too and a lot of us felt that way. And I think a lot of our listeners probably can relate to that. When we feel like everything has to be done perfectly and it has to be done the same as everyone else and it has to be fully done or you're not participating, you're not living up to what you're supposed to be. And truly, if we all take it out of a contest mode and go to what brings joy, right? And what brings us joy to do and what we're, what fits for each of us individually. What I think our children want under the Christmas tree is for mom to be happy. <laughs> that just doesn't happen a lot of times because we're exhausted by the time we get to the holiday. So I, I love that, Kelly, that you've, you've got it. I often say that balance is a myth. I think a lot of uh, authors, a lot of women's authors, especially talk about this need for balance. And for me, it, it's like trying to balance on a round fitness ball. You know, there are just times when you need to tip over one direction, as long as you push off and tip over the other direction. Occasionally, that is a form of balance. So some weeks work more than other weeks. And some weeks you have more obligations or added in doctor's appointments or whatever. And it does tip. 
And, you know, hopefully the next week it tips back the other way. So to me, that is a form of balance that we all could, you know, benefit from from greatly for sure. I don't remember. Did you have horses when you were a kid? I tend to ask all of y'all, did you have horses when you were a child? I did. Um, my mom had horses. So I grew up going to the barn in the evenings and the, the weekends. And that's where we spent our extra time. It was a passion of hers. And that's where I got hooked. And she had a black horse named Lady, and she lived to be 39 years old. But that was the horse I learned to ride on. She would just stand there and let you climb all over her and just a saint of a horse. I remember my mom telling me that she bought her, I think, for like $500 from an auction somewhere. And she she bought her before she moved out of my grandparents' house. And she would ride her bike twice a day to go do chores. And I just think that's so neat. And she had the the horse bug and it passed it to me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I uh, my first horse also was kind of that bargain basement kind of horse. And uh, I remember I boarded the horse at a place where there was a bunch of teenage girls and we all boarded there. And you had to feed and clean for your own horse per horse, right? So I would bike or walk her twice a day to take care of my horse. And if I couldn't do that. I'd call one of the other girls that was at the farm. Could you feed mine today and I'll do yours, you know, next week or tomorrow or whatever. But it taught a lot of responsibility. That's a really different way to run a boarding farm and not really how they're run today, but taught us a tremendous amount of responsibility. So then when you got your own, your first horse that was all yours, was it up until the farm you're on now that you were boarding your horse out? No. So my mother kept her horses with her sister on her sister's property and they shared work. So that's what they um, did. My mom would like pay for a piece of equipment or something, but they would share expenses and they would feed their own horses and that sort of thing. And I got my first horse when I was 13. His name was Frederick and Frederick lived with me until I made it to this property. So he's buried on my property and he definitely taught me a lot of stuff. <laughs> First horse I got bucked off of, he was barn sour, or I should say herdmate sour. Um, so he definitely taught me a lot of patience, and but he was always, always loved to spend time with you, and I really had a connection with him. And he lived long enough to see you get this farm. How old was he when he crossed? He was thirty. So he's. I bought him when he was about fourteen, and um, he lived another sixteen years with me. So. Phenomenal. It really is. It says a lot about your mom and you and the care you give your horses that they have these beautiful long lives. And I know what it's like when you're getting your farm, which you love your farm. I remember when I moved to the farm that we're on now, I lost one of my very special horses on my property. His name was Shadow and he was just a, an incredible horse. And he died like the week before we moved there. And it felt such a rip because I wanted him to step on that ground and be out in those pastures and, you know, have all of that. I don't know. Their timing sometimes is not so great, but I guess he wanted, Frederick wanted to be on your farm and be with you and see you have it and achieve that in your life. So good on him and good on you to live to be 30. That's fantastic. We have the cup 
cover of our TBA anthology. We have our fourth anthology out now. If anybody's interested, you can get it on the website. The first anthology, which is sold out, but it has a picture of Clemma Dawson, also from the Northeast. And her horse, the day of that photo was 40 years old. And it's a picture of him bending down, you know, to kiss her. So thank goodness things have changed and horses have nice, really long lives if they're well taken care of, which is where we all need to continue to educate ourselves to take better and better care of our horses. For you, Kelly, when you're able to do your equine work, so clearly in the seasonal time of the year when you can do your equine work, and your equine partners step into partner with you to do a piece of gestalt work, how do you for yourself put into words like what you experience watching them do what I taught you they do, like watching them do their healing work? Can you put words around that so the listeners could maybe picture what that's like? Sure. Usually I start on the outside of the round pen and then invite the client into the the round pen with the horse. Their presence, just showing up, standing in that client's grief or pain or whatever they show up with. You know, they're truly truly there listening to, to what's going on with the client. And a couple of my horses do different things. I have a couple of uh, chakra balancers. And so a lot of times they will position themselves um, next to the client to help them move the energy through that chakra. And a lot of times I get the end result at the end, they say, the client will say, I feel lighter. And I equate that to them just being heard and felt and completely allowed to be in their authentic, real person selves in front of my horses. Yeah, absolutely. We say in the brochure that we have for the company, I wrote, they see that which is fractured in a person and help to make it whole. And I think when we're in grief, we are the most fractured parts of our life that we can even imagine. So standing there and doing their magic, they're able to assist and and help make that whole so, so important. On the front of your website, which again, if you're interested in seeing Kelly, which I highly recommend that you do, she is in Pennsylvania near the northern part of New York, and it is Longview Equine gestaltcoaching.com. And on the very front, when you open it, the photography is beautiful on your website, by the way. But I love the the top because I teach what's called coactive questioning in gestalt. And so you have it right on the front. She says, no matter what the question, you have the answer. Let my horses show you where to look. And so I think that's a, a beautiful truism is that's what they do. They unpack and show us those answers that are within us. We don't even know sometimes what the question is and the answer, you know, emerges as people are working on their, on their stuff with the coaches. And for you, anything you want to say about the program, what led you to it, anything like that before we go, anything that would matter to you? Sure. So I'm a big believer in signs from, you know, the universe. And (laughs) I yearly um, go to the equine affair in Massachusetts. And you happened to be there that year. And my aunt and I, it was the same year my mother passed away. My aunt and I went to see one of your first talks. I think you had three or four that weekend. There was a big weekend. I had five clinic talks that weekend. <laughs> I, I think we went to every single one, Melissa. Right. And so we went to the first one and it was like the second or third. We were waiting for the 
the clinician before you to finish up. And I was sitting on a bench outside the area and something got scuffed like across the floor. And I looked down and it was a penny. And my mother always said, no matter what amount of change, heads or tails, you know, you pick it up because there's extra change in your pocket. So I picked it up and it happened to be a wheat penny and she collected wheat pennies. So I took that as a sign that this was the path that I was supposed to take. And I kid you not, before the end of November, I was signed up. Well, I signed up for your program. And of course, you have to be interviewed. And by, by the end of the year, I was signed up for January, a January start date. So that's how I started in the program. And I don't regret a single thing. And it just, I'm so wowed and aesthetically just pleased with everything that I've learned and everything I've healed through. And that's why I also signed up for the the master's program in your program. And I'm also actually signed up for the equine facilitator program because I just can't get enough of it. (laughs) Yay. That starts in April. (laughs) And um, yeah, I'm so glad you're a part of that. That's great. So, well, thank you to your mama and thank you to her instilling. I've always felt when you find a penny, it's an angel. So I agree. That's kind of always been my belief system. Don't just walk by, pick that up because that's an angel, you know, reaching down. You know, it's just like a a gift from the other side of the veil, right? To be able to give us a hint of where we're headed or what we're going to be doing. The equine facilitator program that Kelly is referring to, we're taking applications and contracts now. It starts in April. It is all online. It's nine months in length. And there is an optional in-person live camp that people can opt for as well. But really everything's done by video, all of the classes, 27 classes in all that are taught on how to be a facilitator, not a coach, but somebody that works with families or works with a mindfulness yoga studio or works with a small business and all of their employees, et cetera, et cetera. I put in 18 recipes for experiences that I've used over the life of my career and everyone learns those experiences and they become licensed. It's very turnkey. And I know you'll love it, Kelly, because there's so many things in that that aren't in the EGC. So that was my desire to, you know, spread and, and bring it to be something else as well. So I'm glad you're doing that. That's great. All right. Well, it's been my pleasure interviewing you today. Any last words for the listeners? What would you say if somebody is saying, I wonder if this method is for me as a client to not have nightmares, to get over a trauma, to move past grief, anything like that. What would you want to say to a listener that's on the fence of, should I reach out to one of their practitioners or not? I would say if you're on the fence, do it. That fear is holding you back from continuing your journey, whatever that might be. And just know that every one of us practitioners takes it at your pace. You won't be flooded with all these things in the first session. And once you discuss these things with your coach and you work on them, they tend to be lifted from your shoulders. So it's so worth finding someone in your area and doing your own personal work. Absolutely. And you live in a beautiful part of the country. It is so worth traveling there to meet Miss Kelly too. So we have a lot of 
clients that do, because you can really book, like with someone like Kelly, you can book a time that you come in, say on a Thursday night and you work with her Friday, doing a, a couple of sessions Friday, a couple Saturday, fly home Sunday. This is not where you meet with somebody necessarily for uh, a session every week for a long period of time. Huge changes can happen in two or three sessions. And it's very common for people to do that, come and have that kind of intensive. And then a year later, go again and work on some more. So it really works at the client's pace. And if you're looking for a practitioner geographically near you, reach out to our office. We are happy to make a referral to one that is geographically near you. Or sometimes people have a specific niche for something that you're looking for. So reach out to the Touch by a Horse office and we are happy to provide that for you. You can always email me directly at M-E-L-I-S-A at touchedbyhorse.com. Kelly, thanks so much for being with me today. I, I loved having our conversation. Thank you. Your beautiful baby girl, big hug, baby. I will. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Kel. Thank you for listening to the Touched by a Horse podcast. If you'd like more information about anything we've talked about on the show today or our certification program, please visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com. That's touchedbyahorse.com. Or contact our office by phone at 303-440-7125. Also, be sure to keep up with us on social media. We're at Touched by a Horse on both Facebook and Instagram. See you around the barn and on the next episode.